Amen. Um, turn to Luke chapter 2. We're on a new series, and we'll be on this for the next uh, three weeks. Um, uh, talking about joy. How many guys use some joy? Amen? Because this world kind of sucks it out of you, doesn't it, sometimes, right? Um, one of the greatest parts of this story that I'm about ready to read about the Christmas story is joy that came. You know, there was much turmoil that, turmoil that was going on during the time of Jesus' birth. They were under Roman control, Roman rule, and it was miserable unless you were a Roman. And uh, God brought great joy. You know, we sing a song, Joy to the World. Why do we sing that song? Joy to the World. Why? For the Lord has come. And uh, when we get an understanding of that, the Lord has come. He's come to you if you receive him. He's come to all of us if we receive him. And he brings something. He brings great joy. And so in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, go ahead and turn there. And you can follow along with us on our app. If you don't have our app, you can download it. Uh, search your app store for Cornerstone KC, and you can download it. But Luke chapter 2, verse 8 um, says this, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be given, be assigned to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with a great, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to all men. I think one of the, the things that is missing today, not just even at Christmas time, but a lot of times at Christmas time, is joy. And I'm not talking about a fleeting thing. I'm not talking about just what we call happiness. We all want to be happy, and there's nothing wrong with that. But happiness is based on circumstances. You can be happy one moment and, and the next minute not happy at all. How many got ever been there? I mean, one moment, you're just excited and everything, and then one word from somebody else, something that you see online, some thought, thought that come into your mind, and boom, you're down again. How many ever been there before? Yeah, and so, I mean, that's happiness, but I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. And so hopefully through, through this series, we're going to give you some more information and understanding, and hopefully we can receive the joy that the Lord brings. Because joy is the entrance into the things of God. I really believe that. Joy is what opens up the door for us to walk in the things of God. He sure has joy right there. Amen. <laughs> joy is the entrance into those things. And so many things, sometimes they seem out of reach in our lives. There's something about you know, this world that, that sometimes we think we just can't grasp hold on. You may be going along in your life and you think you almost have whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're wanting, whatever you desire, and almost get it, then suddenly it just kind of just goes a lot further away. It seems like you can never touch those things. But the joy of the Lord comes into your life. There's something about it that opens up the door to those things that seem unreachable, untouchable. In fact, so many things that seem out of reach that there's something that when we are obedient 
in rejoicing. Now, rejoicing is the expression of joy. It's to, it's to have joy or delight in the Lord. Something about the obedience to rejoice, no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on. There's something about that obedience that does such a transformational work in us. And there we find ourselves living at a level that we could never seem to obtain when we come into that place of rejoicing. Joy is, is that just such a huge commodity in, in the heaven, in the heavens, in the body of Christ, in the, in the things of God, that joy expressed, that joy rejoicing, that even the Father, the Bible says, took joy. In fact, it says in Hebrews chapter 12 that Jesus himself endured the cross for that joy, that joy that was set before him, that joy, he, he was able to go through this, this death, this terrible death, dying on the cross for you and I, because of that joy. He was able to endure it because that joy that was set before him, that was the, the reward was this joy. So when the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength, it's, I'm not talking about a smile. I'm not just talking about laughing. I'm not, I'm not talking about just giggling here and there. I, I'm talking about something that's internal, this internal strength of the presence and activity of God that makes everything bow in your life. Everything has to bow to this type of joy I'm talking about. Everything else is inferior to the reality of the presence of God in our lives that gives us this joy, this emotional and mental encounter with the very heart of God. Rejoicing introduces us to that power. Rejoicing is an act of faith. It's an act of surrender. It's a choice that I do that's not based on what's going on around me. It's based on who he is, who Jesus is. And it engages me with everything that's in the heart of God. Joy is not the fruit of things working well. Did you know that? That's why we can have joy in troubled times because it's not the fruit of things working well. It's the expression that causes things to work well in the kingdom of God. John 16, says, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome to, uh, come the world. Now, we need to pay particular attention to the context of what Jesus said here. He said, in the world you shall have tribulation. But I want you to notice the word but. That word introduces a, con a contrast. In the world, Jesus said, you will be subject to trouble. How many guys can testify about that one? Right? In this world, we're going to have trouble. Being saved, getting, giving your life to Christ doesn't exclude you from trouble. But when you realize what you have, because joy to the world, the Lord has come. The Lord is in me. The Lord's spirit resides in me. Everything that he has is in me. And when I focus on him, even in the world where we're going through trouble and tribulation, we are to be of good cheer. In spite of all the trouble we're in, we are to have joy. So if Jesus is saying, be of good cheer in the midst of trouble, 
then that must mean there are benefits to being of good cheer. That must mean I have benefits in some way when I rejoice, when I choose to rejoice, even though my flesh wants to yell and scream, even though my, my, my flesh feels like crying, my flesh feels like yelling and giving up, when my flesh feels like I've had enough, I'm going to stay in bed all day long. But when I choose joy, there must be some benefit to that. When I rejoice, when I'm in of good cheer, even when I'm in trouble, that must mean when I use good cheer or joy in that way, it has to affect the trouble that I'm in. That must mean I can use good cheer or joy to trouble my trouble with joy. See, it doesn't seem natural to do that, does it? But we're not talking about something that's natural. We're talking something joy is actually supernatural in your life. When I choose to rejoice in the midst of trouble, when I choose to, to laugh in my troubled circumstances, when I choose that, I start operating in a different realm. Try it out. I promise you, it will change even your surroundings. You may say, when I'm in trouble, I don't feel like joyful. Well, this is where joy comes from. This is why we can have joy because of John 15. John 15 verse 10 says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. See, the thing about it is I can have joy because he has joy. I can have joy because he's my father and I can abide and live in his love. I can be obedient to him. And if I'm obedient to him, no matter if I screwed up and messed everything up, I can start being obedient to him and I can have joy because once I'm in obedient to him, I'm coming to him and I'm looking at him and I'm focused on Jesus. Man, I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to worry about because he is my provider. He is my savior. He has come to save me and take me out of everything that I'm in into a good and wonderful place because joy is not based on circumstances. Joy is based on the living King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ himself. And we're abiding in him. Joy comes from abiding in the love of God. And actually, when you start doing that, joy becomes automatic. Because how much he loves me, if I dwell, start dwelling on that. So let me give you an understanding of that. If I'm looking at my checkbook and it's negative, or it's very low, I can get depressed, I can choose to worry, right? I can choose to fear. Those are all choices that you make. Or I can choose joy and choose to focus on the love of God. God, you love me. And if you love me, I know you love me. You've given everything to me. And I can start quoting scripture that God, since you love me, you're going you're gonna to help me. You're going to provide for me. You're going to take care of me. I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to lose. I mean, I mean, you can start going on and on and on and starting to choose Joy. I, I get to choose what I think about. I get to choose what I say. I get to choose him over everything else. Because I, I can choose those things and I can have joy 
because I know who's going to have the last say, and that's God. I mean, there's a story in Acts chapter 16. You don't have to turn there. We don't have time to read the whole story, but Paul and Silas, you guys remember the story? They were sent out by the church as missionaries, and, and, and this was never an easy um, thing to do, even under any circumstances, to be sent out as missionaries. But this is particularly hazardous because the Roman laws forbade any introduction of any new religion other than that which was already publicly permitted. And most of the religions in the Roman Empire, um, the main one was Caesar was God. And so to introduce anything else that says that Jesus is king, that God is God and there is no other gods, that's dangerous. And it seems like we're going down that route anyway here. But anyway, that's another story. But after many days, they were... They were, they were preaching, they were, they were teaching, and, and uh, there was this girl who was demon-possessed. And there was these men that controlled her also because she was demon-possessed. She could actually tell the future. And she can tell the hidden things of people's heart because of the demons, because they were familiar spirits. And so what these men did, they took control of her, enslaved her, and made her work for them. And they made money off this, this lady because she would be telling people their future. So after many days, she would follow, this girl started to follow Paul and Silas. And she would uh, say this, these men are, um, are men of God. They are, these guys are from God. And she would go, cry out loud almost every single day that they were there, that these men, there's, they, they are being used by God, and these are the servants of the Most High God. And, and they kept on, she kept on doing that day after day after day. And the reason that she did that was those demons were not just giving testimony, but they were mocking Paul and Silas, but also causing to discredit them by this demon girl uh, walking behind them. And so after many days, um, one version of the Bible says that Paul got annoyed and he turns around and he casts the demons out of this girl and said, be gone. So what happened was this, de- this girl became free and she could no longer tell the future. She could no longer, she was not being uh, uh, possessed by those demons. She couldn't do those things. And these men started to lose that money that they were getting and, and got angry at Paul and Silas for doing this and began to entice the crowd around them to, to beat them up, basically. That's what happened. They went under uh, authority and, uh, and they were beat up. In fact, they took, the Bible says they took rods and beat them almost to the death. And so they were thrown into prisons. Paul and Silas were thrown into prison and they were chained to, to the walls of that prison, hands and feet. Now, can you imagine you being a part of that? How would you feel? I mean, I'm, I'm sure thoughts would come up God, why would you allow this? God, have you left me? I mean, I'm sure, I don't think any of us have been to this place as much as they, they were, Paul and Silas, being beaten and thrown into prison, chained up, probably close to death. No medical attention. I mean, this was... The, the dun- dungeons and the, the jails of those times were wet. They were, uh, had you know, probably you know, rats and everything. I mean, it was just not a nice place to be. 
How can somebody, the average Christian, take joy in that? But Paul and Silas did. They began to worship. Now, knowing Paul, he's, and it's not, this doesn't say this, but probably me thinking and knowing Paul and his writings, he's probably excited he's going to go see Jesus. That's what he thinks. So they get excited and they start, they start worshiping. They start rejoicing. They start praying. They start crying aloud and, and uh, singing songs to the Lord and, and um, began to just worship the King of Kings and, and get joy in that time. How, how do you rejoice when you're chained up? How do you rejoice? Because it wasn't based off circumstances. That's why joy is so important. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to have joy because if, if you have joy, then he can't beat you. If, he ha- if you have jo- the joy of the Lord, he can't, he can't hurt you any longer. And these guys, they started worshiping the Lord and, and this was such a, a testing ground for them. And all of a sudden, an earthquake happened. God sent an earthquake and it broke them out of their chains. Broke them out of that jail. And the test was Paul and Silas went through was, was caused by the devil. They weren't giving thanks to the devil for what happened. They were just giving thanks to God for who he is. God, you're our provider. You're our healer. You're our hope. You're our joy. And things shook. Not only that, because of all that, the jailer and his whole family got saved. God was glorified. The enemy was embarrassed because they took joy in a dire situation. They gave thanks in all things. Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Being joyful brings supernatural deliverance. That's why God heard them. God honored them. And through this incident, God got glory. See, the Lord is your strength. And the problem is, the enemy knows this. If he can get us to focus on our situations, we're not going to have joy. If he can get us to focus on circumstances, we're going to be so up and down, happy one moment and depressed the next. See, but that's not the life that Jesus came for us to have. Now, listen, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me, too. I have issues with this. I know it's easier said than done, but we've got to fight for this. The fight is not receive, is not that God to give it to you. He's already given it to you. The fight is to put your mind under submission to the Spirit of God that's inside of us and say, God, I receive joy now. I refuse to rejoice over anything else but you, God. I refuse to choose fear and worry and everything else because the joy of the Lord is my strength and I'm going to rest in the love of God that, God, you love me, you care for me, and you're not going to let me down. God will never let you down. But you got to choose to walk in him. What, what, What did Jesus say? If you're obedient... You're going to rest in his love. You're going to choose joy. It's going to be joyful. Joy is sent by the Lord. This great joy that that angel talked about is to bring great joy and strength to you and I. Joy is strength. Joy is a powerful force in the lives of believers. 
In fact, one of the main powerful functions of joy is to break the yoke of iron that's upon the neck of his people. James 1, 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Count it all joy is just as much as a command as love your neighbor. Count it all joy is a command. To count it all joy does not mean we praise God on the outset of a trial and then we're depressed for the rest of the time until we see something else happen. But that's the way we live our lives. That, that I, 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 I may even start to say, I praise you, Lord. I, I, I believe in you. And then the next day, I'm depressed. And the next day, I'm depressed. I don't get happy. I don't get joyful until I see the outcome that's good. But that's not the way to live the life of God. The way to live the life of God is to be consistent in that joy. It's not your joy. It's his joy in you and through you. So count it all joy. Why don't we count all joy that God's got this, that he's going to take care of me, that I have nothing to worry about, that I can have a consistent relationship with that. I can be rejoicing every morning, every evening, during the day, no matter what goes on, no matter what people say about me, no matter what people write about me, no matter what people think about me, no matter what they talk about me behind my back, no matter how much money I have or don't have, it doesn't matter. I can have joy because he is my God. And there is hundreds and hundreds of promises that he talks about me in his word that are mine, that are yes and amen. And I have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. But you've got to get off your butt you got to start speaking it out. Amen? Amen? Because in order to do that, because I'm tired of living in a life of, of, of up and down in my life, I've got to live that life of joy, and I've got to speak out. Because joy helps us endure. Joy helps us get through it. Jesus endured the cross over it. Many people, many believers are just joyful for a short haul, but lack the strength and endurance or the consistency to be joyful for the long haul. They may begin with joy, but I want to be consistent in joy. Proverbs 15, 23, a man hath joy by the answers of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. See, as soon as joy goes away from your tongue, it begins to wither from your heart. That's why it's so important because the problem really is not the enemy. The problem is not their circumstances. The problem is you. The problem is me. How many of you guys have seen that Taylor Swift? I'm not a Taylor Swift fan and I don't know the song, so don't write me letters. Um, but <laughs> that Taylor Swift thing that says, It's me, I'm, the problem is me. Can someone sing that for me? Yeah, what, what, what I saw that, and be honest with you, this is where I saw it. I saw it on, um, on Instagram, and it was a, a wife ha- teaching her husband how to sing that song. <laughs> the problem, it's me, you know? That's usually true. I don't tell Lisa I said that, but anyway. The problem is, it's us. Speaking the right words. Because you have a choice. You have a choice to speak that fear or that worry because those are joy killers. Fear, worry, sin is a joy killer. Disobedience is a joy killer. Remember Jesus said, 
Obedience is a, is a part, part of that, being obedient to him. You know, taking joy is being obedient to Jesus, is being obedient to the Holy Spirit. When I get out of that and start worrying and having fear, I stop being obedient to the Holy Spirit and I'm being obedient to my flesh. I know that's hard, but that's true. And listen, like I said, I'm not preaching just to you. I'm preaching to me too because I, I deal with this. And I need somebody to slap me in the back of the head and tell me to get out of it, right? <laughs> Brother James. And what's, what's sometimes has happened is that because I have not been in the Word, I not, have not been, been in worship, I have not been in the presence of God. I have not prayed. And it causes me to be weak. And I choose to worry. Your flesh likes to worry, by the way. Your flesh likes to fear. But when I'm, I'm building that relationship with the Lord, I know he loves me. And that he'll, he's not going to forsake me. And I can have joy. And I can start rejoicing just like Paul and Silas in the midst of despair. I can just worship him and thank him. So Proverbs says, your mouth is important. What you speak, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. You have joy not because of circumstances, but you have joy because you choose to believe the word of God and you speak the word of God over your life. Joy is not based on feeling or circumstances. It's bestowed by God and it resides in your spirit. Psalms 105 verse 37 refers to God bringing the children of Israel out of bondage of the land of Egypt. And he brought them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among the tribes. Now, you got to understand, they've been in slavery for hundreds of years. And the Hebrew word translated feeble is a root word that says that to falter. There was none to falter. There was none to stumble. There was none to faint. There was none to fall. They were whipped. They were treated badly, especially as Moses started to come in. They even got worse, treated worse. But the source of these people's strength, Psalms 105, 43, says this, and he brought the forth the people with joy and his chosen with gladness. God knew exactly what would it, it would take to get the people's strength to overcome the effect of their adverse circumstances all, all those hundreds of years. You, there were older people. There were people who had been hurt. There are people who have been, been terribly beaten. But they came out and there was not one feeble among them. Not one feeble among them. So if you've ever seen the prince of Egypt and you see this old man and he's kind of stumbling, that's not true. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great cartoon. But it wasn't true. Not one feeble among them. Now it doesn't make sense, but it does when you understand the power of joy. Joy can change your circumstances. God knew exactly what it would take. And it was joy. It took joy because joy of the Lord is your strength and it helps you endure. 
And it will affect everyone around you. It can totally change the dynamic of your Christmas and even your life. Psalms 126.1 says, When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled. Here's your mouth again. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. If you have problems with joy, how's your word life? How's your prayer life? How's your worship life? Since the attack on you and I are constant, these things are important, that we choose joy every day. You have to make a decision today to choose joy. So how do we live in joy? Well, number one, you've got to stay in his presence. God is your exceeding joy. The enemy knows if he can get us away from his presence, he can defeat us. But his presence doesn't leave you and I. We leave the presence of God. It's a choice, again, that I start to choose it. How you get the joy is by listening to what he is saying. God, what are you saying to me? What are you talking to me? He has a word in season for you right now. Don't run to Google. Don't run to anybody else. Run to him. Get into his presence. Matthew 13, 22 says, Now he who received the seed among thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it's become unfruitful. He's talking about that's what happens when we begin to choose these other joy killers in our life, worry, fear, sin, disobedience, other things but the, the things of God. When we begin to choose those things, it sucks out the joy and it puts in fear and worry. But in God, in him, in Jesus, there is always a promise of renewal. Psalms 30, 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but what comes in the morning? Joy. Joy comes in the morning. When you wake up at 2 a.m. and you start to worry, you need to command that to go and say, Shut up, mind. And you just need to go to sleep because you're going to wake up and joy is going to come in. You have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. But we've got to run to God. We've got to run to him. We've got to stay in his presence and speak the words of joy. So we've got to stay in his presence. Number two, speaks words inspired by the Lord. Even if it's not what's going on in your situation right now. Well, my, my, my checkbook looks low. God, I thank you. I have more than enough. I am blessed. Father, I, Father, I th- people may be talking about me, but Father God, you speak well of me. Well, so, sometimes you compare yourself, don't you? Do you ever compare yourself on social media? God, why, why are they, everybody likes them and not me? God's going to tell you this. I like you, and I know you, and that's all you need. Amen? You've got to speak the words of the Lord. Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to your bones. You've got to speak the word over your life. Psalms 141, set a guard. This should be a prayer. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Why is that? Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. You got to speak the words of the Lord. You got to stay in his presence 
And number three, you've got to express gratitude to God and others daily. Be thankful. God, I'm thankful. Thankful. If you're thankful for everything, you can't be disappointed. Consider all life a gift from the Lord, and it is a gift. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything. Everybody say everything. everything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the, this is what happens. Peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That, this is what that means. No matter what you see in the natural, it has to bow to the peace of God. Because you have thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that. Joy. Great, big joy. Amen? I want that for us. Not just for Christmas, but from now on. Every single day, choose joy. Every single moment, choose joy. God has that for us. And God wants to restore your joy right now. Some of you might have been going through some hard times. Maybe you're online today, and that's you. I don't know your circumstances, and I don't make light of it. It can be hurtful. Life can really suck sometimes. But that doesn't define who you are. And that doesn't define your future. God does. People around you don't define you. God does. And that's what the gift of Christmas is all about. Getting the joy back. So I want to pray for you. Bow your heads. I want to pray for joy for you this morning that the joy of the Lord is going to come back in your life. You're going to choose it. You're going to recognize where you didn't, and you're going to start choosing joy today. And that may be some of you online, or maybe you hear that Jesus came to bring joy. Maybe you've never given Jesus your life. Maybe you've never invited him into your life. And I want to give you an opportunity to, to, to allow the Lord, Jesus, to come and to save you and to heal you and to give you hope and give you joy today. And if you've never done that, I want to pray a prayer right now and I just want you to repeat after me. The Bible says if you do this and you believe it, that you will be saved. So pray this prayer. If you've never done that, if you've never given Jesus your life right now, pray this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I give you my life. I make you the Lord of my life. And I thank you for dying on the cross for me, for taking the punishment for my sin so that I might live. And I give you everything right now. And I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins, all my wrongdoings. And I thank you, God, and I repent of those sins and I change. And this day forward, I change. I'm going to serve you. And I'm going to give you all of my life. And I'm going to choose you every single day. And I'm going to receive your love, your forgiveness, and your joy. Because I believe that Jesus is Lord. 
And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that right now. I want to pray for you. Just put your hand on your heart right now. So, Father, we receive joy. Father, I pray for everyone here that, Father God, when the enemy comes, things don't go well, circumstances fall and fail, that, Father God, we will not focus on that, but we'll focus on you, that our eyes will be on you right now in Jesus' name, that you are our strength, you are our life, you are our love, and you are our joy. And so we choose joy today, no matter what happens, no matter what's going to happen. We choose you, God, and we thank you, Father, because joy of the Lord is our strength. And Father, I just pray that everyone will be infused with your joy right now, and they will refuse to worry, to fear, to be disobedient, to be in sin, that they will choose joy and walk in it supernaturally, Lord, change the, the surroundings. Just like you did, God, we will rejoice. We're going to rejoice right now. We will rejoice in you and that, God, whatever prisons we've been in, it will come down in Jesus' name. Whatever our troubles been troubling us, it will be over in Jesus' name. That you will make a way where there seems to be no way. You will open the doors that haven't been opened. You will close the doors that need to be shut. And, God, you will bless. You will encourage. You will bring joy right now in every situation. And you will change the life right now in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Thank you for joining us here online to listen to one of our messages here at Cornerstone. We pray that this message minister to you in a powerful way. If you would like to hear more of our messages, go to cornerstonelife.org and click on the message tab that's at the top. We pray that you have a great day and a great week. And if you need anything, we are.